0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live.
1: Good morning, everyone. Uh, Welcome to the morning break with me, Jane Ritter. I'm coming to you live from Naples, Italy, the land of volcanoes. Good morning. This morning, I'll be talking to the fabulous Sofia Leone. And we will be looking, we will we'll be discussing volcanoes a bit later in the show.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org. Or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TTRadio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio.
1: So good morning, everyone. Um, As I mentioned, I'm coming to you from Naples. Um, Happy New Year, Um, happy start to the year. Um, I've just been thinking about volcanoes in general and my guest today will be obviously talking about her favourite volcano. Um, They do say that they have some kind of force, some kind of power over us. And I do sometimes wonder if the volcano that I live underneath, basically, um, has some kind of force that has forced me to stay here. Now I'm just looking for my guest. Um, I think I found her, Sophia, is that you?
2: Hello. Hello. Hey. <laughs> That's-
1: now i know you're here i'm going to happily introduce you um sophia is um a teacher an english language teacher like myself Um, she's a senior teacher and she lives in sicily in palermo Um, she is also a coach and um we talked to her about her life um as a teacher and a coach, um, before I do that, I just wanted to reflect on a little, um, a little comment. or oh, not a comment. It's a. Um, it's something that Goethe wrote actually in 1787, and he was actually describing the area that we both share, um, which would basically be southern Italy. Um, he described it as a land where only stones breathe, deserted with boiling water and with the remains of a past shaped by spent and half-spent volcanoes, the most marvellous region in the world under the purest of skies and the most perfidious of terrains. Um, So, what do you think? How does that describe, do you think that sums up where we live?
2: (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Especially that part about the volcanoes, because I think that, you know, people obviously know the most famous volcanoes, but if you go out like towards the Campi Flegrei and all those volcanoes over there that people don't know about, it's it's very mysterious, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and then moving south towards Sicily, where you live, you've also yeah. got um you've got volcanoes under sea, <laughs> and it's just yeah. um it's extraordinary. Yeah, no, I love it. Anyway, let's move let's move on to you. Sophia, um please just can you tell me a little bit about your teaching journey because it's a pretty it's a pretty interesting journey isn't it
2: well it's amazing to be here on this day jane because today's actually my 10 year anniversary of moving to italy to teach (laughs) wow yeah so 10 years ago today i moved to palermo to teach. It was my first full-time teaching job since leaving uni yep. and it all happened very unexpected. Ex- unexpectedly. I was working in a call centre in Scotland and I got contacted by a school and they asked if I could start immediately. So I jumped wow. on a plane and mm-hmm. came over. So that's how it started and I, I worked here for two and a half years in a small school, a small but good school Mm-hmm. And um, then I I decided that I wanted to do a little bit more in my job. I wanted more training. I wanted to work for a bigger school. And um, a, a sort of job came up in Naples. It, you know, it, it started, as you know, it started off, with, you know, we weren't sure how many hours it would be. But, you know, I took the risk and decided to go to Naples and spent six years there. I don't know how six years passed. They just flew by. They
1: flew by, didn't they? Goodness me. They
2: really did. And Sicily was just always there in the back of my mind. And it was actually my youngest sister. She's very wise. And she commented one Christmas a, a couple of years ago. And she said, you know, I think that you were happier in Sicily. And it just got me thinking about, you know, what, what it means to be happy in a place. You know, you mm. can have a good job and be happy with your students. But if you don't really... Feel happy and settled in that place, then you know maybe it's time to move. So after the pan, well, still during the pandemic, (laughs) twenty twenty, I decided to make this move and come back, um, and ended up working in the school, which was the first school I applied to after uni. Wow! So I get in this massive loop. I came back to where I started and um it just so happens that the owner of this school is very interested in coaching so she was very excited to to have me here and wow. that's where I'm at now and so what
1: um what were the things that i mean apart from the the pull of sicily what what are the things about palermo in particular that um that draw you to it mm-hmm. <laughs> What is it about Palermo?
2: Well, Sicily was always on my list of places I wanted to visit in Italy. You know, coming from an Italian background, my dad lives quite near Naples. Well, he's from that area of of Cilento. And Mm -hmm. Sicily was always quite mysterious to me because, you know, it's an island and I love islands. And it seems kind of, well, it is cut off, really, from the rest, from mainland Italy. And I remember you know landing here 10 years ago and it just it just felt right it's, it's just always felt right to me it's it's a city it's not too big it's not too small the people are really lovely it's got that real island feel to it and I and I really love going to you know my usual spots usual places at the market for example people get to know you and I, you know, I just really enjoy the familiar feel to it. And, you know, it's a bit crazy, um, <laughs> especially once you go into the markets and you see them grilling all sorts of animal parts. Um, but I really, I really enjoy the just seeing that, that their traditions are still very much alive.
1: Mm-hmm. Tell me about your students. What are they like?
2: Well, you know, it has been an odd teaching year, this past year, God, I'm I'm losing track. But, you know, my first year coming back here, we were online obviously in 2020 and, you know, lovely kids, but very quiet through a screen. And now since October, we've been back in the classroom. And it's difficult because I can't see their faces. I I don't know what they look like really. Mm -hmm. But my focus now is just on making the lessons as fun, and exciting as possible for them as much as myself so they're they're really wonderful kids wonderful wonderful adults as well they really want to learn they're very motivated and they're they're quite reserved compared to the the neapolitan students i had for six years definitely wow
1: that's interesting (laughs) i don't know i kind of expected as you as you move further south I would you know expect um, (laughs) your learners to be to get crazier but there you go that's um that's interesting um you obviously do a lot with your students not just in the classroom but also outside the classroom do you want to tell me about some of the the projects that you do with your students
2: um one of one of the most recent projects that I did during last year's pandemic um when we were all teaching online again um yeah about about a year ago that I started this I did like free coaching fridays mm-hmm. and I was on Zoom every Friday at 6 p.m. And it was a safe space for teenagers to come along and just share what what they've been going through with this pandemic, not being able to go out, see their friends. Um, And this was done mostly with the teenagers that I'd worked with in Naples, because, you know, working in Naples, I'd set up an Instagram page while I was there for my coaching. And the teenagers I worked with there were all on board with that. And... um, it turned it was really lovely it turned into group coaching sessions um and it was just a way for us to to help each other you know I say help each other because they also helped me through this second th- I can't even remember how many lockdowns it's <laughs> been but one of them it just feels like um, forever doesn't it <laughs> it's <yes>. kind of <laughs> yeah so when, that, when, that's when, one when? of the most recent ones
1: Okay. Um, You did a really brilliant project, I remember, a couple of years ago um, involving TED Talks. you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes.
2: That was definitely a a highlight of my career. Um, I set that up a couple of – I'd wanted to do that for, for quite a long time, and I finally managed to set it up in Naples in my previous job. And this is something that, you know, any teacher can set up. I don't think teachers are all aware of this, but through the TED-Ed website, any teacher can apply to set up a club. And I had two classes initially. So I had two classes of 12 teenagers. It was for high-level students, top end of B2, C1. I even had a couple of C2 students. And it was a 10-week course where the students had free reign to create a TED Talk essentially, obviously with some guidance from me, showing them some really good TED Talks to give them inspiration. And they each created uh, this three, four-minute talk, which they then gave um, on Zoom. Uh, Unfortunately, it had to go online, the main event, because as we know, the pandemic ruined everything, but we still managed to do it. And it was on my last teaching day in Naples. It was very emotional. And the most beautiful thing about it was that we had 12 students in the end who gave their talks, and we had 12 different topics. Wow. Um, being an introvert, um, Spoons, which I think was one of my favourites, Growth Mindsets. <laughs> yeah. And these talks are available to watch on, on YouTube now, and you know, sometimes I watch them back, and I'm just in awe, in complete awe of these students who you know, gave a, not only gave a talk, but gave a talk in English, like not even in their first language, in perfect, perfect English with very little input from me. You know, this was not about me, it was about them. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's just one of the most beautiful, empowering moments of my my career.
1: Th- this is, I mean, this is something about you, isn't it? You, you really work with your students to help them f- thrive. What is it that you do?
2: <laughs> the secret no there are no the secrets, secrets. <laughs> i i would say that the one thing that teachers perhaps you know miss or they don't really consider is that teenagers just want you to listen they want you to really listen to them not just as a student not just listening for errors for their english but listening to them as a person what interests them what makes them tick, how how their days been, how things are going in their lives. And, you know, when you really get on that level with them, they, they, they can't believe it, that you actually want to listen to them and you want to hear about their lives. And, you know, I think that that's the way in. The secret is to listen to them, get into their lives and then use their interests, find out what they're into and use that in your lessons.
1: Mm. So kind of going against the the typical um course book <laughs> practice. I mean we have I don't believe I've I've um there is a, a unit on spoons in any course book or any <laughs> course material that I know. Can you just tell me a little bit more about that? Because it sounds fascinating. I will go back and watch it. But um,
2: um about the, the TED talk you mean?
1: Yeah, I mean how did someone get onto the topic of spoons?
2: So Oh, it's such a fascinating talk, but it's all about curiosity. And it's about how metal can bend, essentially. And it's all his, his story of when he was a child, how he used to take his toys apart and, and destroy them <laughs> to find out how they were made. Mm-hmm. And um, he just was interested in in how metal can bend. And he actually gets a spoon. And it's about how material is the same, but it's different. So, for example, the metal in a sword is different to the metal in a spoon, but it's still metal. So there's quite a lot of layers to it. There's a lot of physics Mm -hmm. involved, but it it is it comes back to curiosity and being a geek and not being afraid to be a geek and be curious about things. (laughs) Um, I I will send you it. It's definitely a life lesson, but. I think that's the other thing as well that teachers don't often think about is that it's not just about us teaching them. Mm. I have learned so much in the past ten years from my students to the point yeah. where they teach me more than I teach them.
1: Definitely. <laughs> it's kind of so much. Yeah. I think also living with a teenager, they can do things that yeah. I can't. I mean even even like my my littlest I sort of say, I can't do this on my phone. It just grabs it and kind of flips around and it's kind of it's done Um, they do know a lot more than us so you work with teens Um, you you are a teacher but you're also a coach and and one of your um, it's your your mission isn't it to make them the best version of themselves how do you do that
2: so you know I've I've thought about it more and more recently because people keep asking me and I've thought, okay, I really need to, to narrow this down and explain it. And I've, I, what I've worked out is that there are three pillars, I would say, to my approach and to how I go into a new class. And I would say that it's engage first, so get the teenagers on board by finding out what they're interested in and listening to them, and that really gets them to wake up and think, wow, this is not a normal class. Then Mm. encourage, the second pillar. So, you know, praising them, but not just absent praise where you say, oh, well done when it was not really good, but really personal praise and specific praise and praise when it's due not not always when when it's due you know I really like to set the standard in the class so tell the students what I expect and talk about respect in the class but it's a two-way thing so I expect this from you and you can expect this from me and create this environment of encouragement. So it's not just me encouraging them, but they then start encouraging each other in the yeah. activities that we do. And then finally, the last pillar, empower, which is one of my favorite words. But <laughs> once you know the students have been in this positive environment and they see the way that I work and they see each other growing and they're growing together and they're encouraging each other, and we're doing all sorts of interesting activities that they don't get to do at school and it's all very personalized, they then feel empowered. And that also comes down to, you know, not being afraid to share weaknesses. And I always model this. Mm -hmm. Um, I do this really good lesson about mistakes. And I start off by talking about my biggest regrets and my biggest mistakes over the past 10, 12 years. by me sharing that, I've then created the safe space for them to then share their mistakes and their regrets. And you, that's how I do it.
1: Do you feel like sharing any of those with us on the radio? Oh, my
2: mistakes. <laughs> yeah. uh, one of the amusing, because what I do is I set it up by showing them some pictures and they have to guess the mistake. So... One of the the mistakes that they find very entertaining is a photo of me and my two Sicilian friends who are both male. And, you know, we get all sorts of strange ideas where they they think automatically it's some kind of strange love triangle and I've (laughs) fallen in love with one of them and cheated on one. And, you know, it's nothing like that. But the mistake was that You know, I left my friends in Sicily to go to this new job in Naples where I didn't know anyone. And it was very scary. It was very scary to leave Palermo and go to Naples. But then the next picture is me sitting in Naples eating a pizza, which, you know, was my favorite food until I became a bit intolerant. And, you know, in the end, I got a better job in Naples and I got the chance to do coaching in my job, which has been, you know, the the absolute highlight of my job so far. And you know, I I earned more money in Naples and I was able to do a lot of things that I wouldn't have been able to do if I'd stayed in Sicily. Um and that that was a lesson that I trialed first in Naples and it's quite amusing now because I've since come back to Palermo. But yeah. you know, it's all it's all a process, isn't it? I think I had to leave Sicily to understand what I had here. Yeah, And I've come back with different experience now, with different eyes, and it's a different Sicilian experience now. But, you know, they really love seeing that. They really love seeing that, you know, I left a job and I learned a lot along the way. And, you know, it's... And I tell them, it's all learning. We all make mistakes, but it's all part of living.
1: Mm. Definitely, definitely. Um, You tell me more about your coaching um because you 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 specifically coach teens
2: yes so um in about my work with teens yeah yeah so when I was working in Naples I I received a scholarship to to get a qualification well a partial scholarship so that was when I just started researching coaching and I'd, I'd read an excellent book called From Teacher to Learner Coach. And it was all about using coaching activities in the classroom. So I had trialed that with some of my older teen classes. And, you know, there's the classic example of this one particular student who was about to be expelled because no one could handle her. She didn't really want to be there. And she showed up in my class. And I thought, OK, I've got a choice now. Do I, pr- do I pretend that I don't know she's problematic or do I tell her to go away? So obviously I sat with her, I listened to her and, sh- you know, she wanted to be part of something, but she just didn't know how to change her behaviour. So I worked with her and by the end of the year, she was ready to sit the PET exam and she's now, mm. you know, advanced level and that was the starting point, shall we say, of the coaching journey. So I then did the coaching qualification and over the years have narrowed down my niche. So youth coaching, I would say generally, but I'm now moving in this new direction into career coaching. For, because this is, a, yeah. this is a niche that has arisen, I would say, during the pandemic. I had a lot of messages from teenagers last year you know, which university should I choose? They were phoning me in the summer. yeah, I don't know if I should go to Rome. I don't know if I should stay near my family. Mm. Um, and just, you know, the way that the world of work has changed and is changing because of the pandemic, working online, everyone now, you know, they don't want the nine to five. They want to choose their own working hours. They want to decide if they work from home or not. So yeah. I really see a growing need there and I'm, I'm very passionate about it. And that's the, I would say, the new direction that I'm I taking. Think living
1: living in Italy, it's definitely something that is missing. From, I've been, I mean, I'm watching, I'm been watching my son, who's in, his last year, this year, can you believe that? <laughs> he's just grown up. <laughs> yeah, we started the pandemic, and he was a small teen, and now he's he's sort of finishing school. It's it's extraordinary, but there isn't there's there's a lot of going into schools and selling the university. Yeah. um particularly private universities, but not a lot of, you know, what is the right thing for you and, and, you know, what do you see yourself doing in, you know, five years' time? What are your interests? There's there's not a lot of careers guidance. So I totally understand that they're all contacting you saying, so what do I do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Listen, um, we're gonna just break for a second and listen to the news um stay with us and we'll be continuing the conversation and obviously moving on to volcanoes i'll be back in just a moment
3: are you looking to take your phonics practice forward then little wonder letters and sounds revised is the program for you created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics little wonder letters and sounds revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewonderlettersandsounds.org.uk. Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources, specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio news with Gail Glenn.
4: A variety of mitigations are in place in schools across the UK as fears of COVID remain high. In England, Secondary pupils will have to wear face coverings in classrooms as well as communal areas, but staff will not be expected to wear a mask while teaching. Education Secretary Nadeem Sahawi is taking advice in case of mass staff absence. Schools in England are also required to keep hygiene and ventilation measures in place. In Wales, all staff and pupils have been expected to wear a mask indoors in secondary schools since the end of November. The start of the new term has also been delayed until the 10th of January to give schools time to prepare. And secondary pupils will be expected to take a lateral flow test three times a week. The Welsh Government has also lowered the self-isolation period from 10 to seven days if the person has a negative test on the seventh day. In Scotland, pupils and staff have been required to wear face coverings in secondary schools since the second lockdown. Staggered start times, one-way systems, restrictions on assemblies and twice-weekly testing are also present in schools in Scotland. People in Scotland must isolate for 10 days when they or someone in their household tests positive for COVID. In Northern Ireland, Children must remain at home if they develop symptoms until they have a negative result. Pupils must also test twice a week. Staff and secondary school pupils must also wear a mask while on site. This has been your daily education news briefing with Gail Glen.
0: This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
5: Happy New Year! This is the first in a short series on the New Year's resolution a lot of us make and the effect tech can have on it. Can technology really help us get fit and healthy? According to the Fitness Industry Association, around 80% of people who sign up to a gym in January stop going in February. Can technology provide a free alternative? Now, before I start, I need to throw down a disclaimer here. I am assuming you already have a mobile device that is capable of running apps, therefore, the cost of the device is written off. And I take no responsibility for any pain, both physical and or mental that you will inflict on yourself. You are responsible for your own scaling and moderation. That being said, there are thousands of free fitness apps out there. The first barrier for teachers is time. School Week have reported one in four teachers working over 60 hours a week. So in a 12 hour day, where do you fit a workout in? If the gym's out of the question, what are the other alternatives that are time flexible? Let's start with some totally free options. YouTube is full of fitness videos and challenges from sit-ups and press-ups to squats and chin-ups. A more extreme example is Athlean-X. This channel is dedicated to workouts with pro trainer, Jeff Cavalier. Some claim it to make a difference in just seven minutes a day. This may seem crazy, but seven minutes is a lot more than nothing and adds up to more than three quarters of an hour per week. If you're more of a social media motivated person, How about one of the many fitness tracking apps for walking, running or cycling? Most have a free basic package and in-app purchases for additional features. If I use Strava as an example, a free basic package allows you to track your exercise, join friends, set challenges and meet people around the globe with similar interests. My only word of warning would be to ensure you consider your profile settings to keep yourself safe. Hiding the start and end of a walk, run or ride, for example, Will stop your home being shown on a map, for most people pushed for time this will be where you start and end your exercise. Also if you exercise regularly at the same time this could be showing the world where you're likely to be or when your house is empty. For those who want to start softly and just be a bit more active, a less intensive option may be having a step counting app. Again there are lots of different apps out there, my example is Sweatcoin, a free app that allows you to earn sweat coins, a form of digital currency that can be traded in the Sweatcoin store for discount codes, vouchers and even given to good causes. This is a simple app and can run in the background so you don't even need to to remember to switch it on finally calorie counter apps are a great way to look at what is actually going on in your body in the first place on apps like my fitness pal you can log your weight calorie consumption calorie output, and also have the ability to sync this with other fitness apps so you don't need to log your exercise twice as long as you're honest and log all of those glasses of prosecco not just the first you're rewarded with detailed feedback on not only your calorie intake and output but where those calories came from Whatever you choose to do for the new you in the new year, why not do a bit of looking around and see what you can pick up for free first? I'll leave you with one of my favourite sayings, anyone can do nothing. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2021 Twitter feed. Two Minute Tech with Steve
0: Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
1: um sorry about that um i hope um you can hear me (laughs) sorry yeah i I love that final um uh, at the prosecco counter (laughs) count the glasses of prosecco but i like i like that statement anyone can do nothing (laughs) no i I, i'm a big fan of two-minute tech so now i'm back with sophia and I think it's time to move on to volcanoes. Um, as I mentioned, I live under one and um, you've, you've lived under it too, but you, are, you have a, a volcano that you are particularly fond of, so fond of that you've actually written a book about it. Um, Sophia, do you want to tell us a little bit about your volcano?
2: So I am slightly obsessed with the very small island, but highly active volcano of Stromboli, um, which is part of the Aeolian Islands in Sicily. But strangely, it's closer to mainland Sicily than it is to to mainland Italy than Palermo, for example. And yeah, I first uh, went there on a boat trip uh, with my sister in 2013. Um, we were there for an hour or two. and my sister hated it. Uh, she was quite frightened by it. Um, <laughs> it is quite an extreme place, as I know you know as well, Jane, mm. that yeah. it's very black and when you arrive there are tsunami signs everywhere what to do in the event of a tsunami. And I think my sister was quite frightened by it, but I was absolutely fascinated and wanted to get back there as soon as possible. And three years later, I did in 2016. It was quite a a difficult year for me um, in my personal life. And I started going on solo adventures. And I thought, okay, I want to climb a volcano and I'm going to go there and climb it. And that's what I did. And, you know, it was quite amusing at the time because I had never really done sports. I was terrible at sport at school. And I was just kind of known as Sophia, who wasn't the sporty type. And actually, <laughs> when I did go to climb it, my family didn't believe me that I was going to do it. Mm. Um, and my mum was very worried. And I, I've, I've still got her text message, and it said, "Sophia, you must text me when you get down from the volcano."
1: Because there's and, no there's no reach up up top, is there? No, no, no. definitely not. <laughs> no.
2: Um, and that. That that climb was the start of something very, very special for me. It was really the best experience of my life. It was absolutely magical. Um, you know, on a personal level as well, just testing my ability to, to do something mm. like that. You know, climb, it was quite a strenuous trek. Yeah. Um, very hot, doing that in August. Um, and there's there's one part that's quite exposed towards the end, very steep. But, yeah, it was really special, and it just I just I just fell in love, just completely fell in love with that island. and ever since then, I've been talking about it, writing about it, dreaming about it, and uh, last year, um, I had quite a long summer, and I thought, you know, I want to do something special with my summer, and I'm going to go there, spend time there, research, and just write. and that's what I did. Um, and the result of that is a, a mini guide, but as it's called, it's a heartfelt guide because it's got, there's a lot of me in that book and it's very personal.
1: Well, so if you want to know more about it, um, I do recommend that you read <laughs> the heartfelt guide. It's, um, yeah, no, it is. It's very much you. What, when you were, when you got to the top was it exploding <laughs> the first time you went? Was, was it exploding, um, or not?
2: So it it erupts approximately every twenty minutes. Mm. So we got. It has the various.
1: Of- is it, they, they, they've got various sort of places where it erupts. So it's not just like yes. one big volcano. It's like lots of. Sometimes it can be up to twelve, I believe. Yes, yeah,
2: so there's, there's, there's the crater, it's called the crater terrace, so mm. this is the old climb because unfortunately since 2019 you, you can't get to the mm. top. In 2019 there were two very big eruptions, the one year that I couldn't go <laughs> um, and since then um, it's strictly off limits and you can only reach yeah. 400 metres now. But, yeah, we, we got to the top and, you know, the guide drew this line on the crest and said, okay, you sit there and wait. And right enough, after about 10 minutes, we we got treated to some eruptions. But I remember going the following year and doing the climb again. And we got to the top with the same guide who, you know, is an absolute legend. As a, he's a real legend of Stromboli. And he got to the top and nothing much happened. And the next, the next day at the bar, you know, he came over to see me. And he was like, oh, I could tell that you weren't happy last night. I could see it in your eyes. And I was like, well, you know, I waited a year to come here and nothing happened. And he was like, okay, I'll tell you what. He said, tonight I'm not going up. He's like, tomorrow, come back as my guest. And hopefully you'll see something more. So right enough, we went again. And that night it was, it was loud.
1: yeah. I mean that
2: sound I stayed with me that was pretty I would say scary but thrilling but the sound really hits you it's the sound more than anything else I would say that stays with yeah. you.
1: And one of my my favorite restaurants is um is where you you sit on a terrace and you can mm-hmm. just see it and and you can you can feel it um exploding. We were actually there in 2019 and left just before the really, really big eruption. And I can remember being with our family. We were on a boat um, at the Shara, which is where all the um, <laughs> where everything kind of falls down into the sea. And my husband said, we've got to get out of here. We, we need to go. We can't stay here. It's a beautiful spot. You can swim. Um, the sea is like this blue. It's a deep blue. Oh. Um, but you're not actually allowed to swim there. We were swimming and he just said, no, we need to go. Let's go, wow. and then two days later, we saw footage of a boat in a similar position to where we yeah. were just legging it because um, it was really, really erupting. yeah, they're dangerous, but they do do you yeah. do you think they cast a spell on you?
2: yeah. And we we spoke about this a few years ago. You you said that to me. You said that that your husband had said to you that there is a spell, and once you start going there, you can't stop going back. Mm-hmm. And I've I've tried to research this, and you know I spoke to quite a few people on the island about this, and I think that there's something magnetic about this island, and it's yeah. when yeah. you go, it. You leave a part of yourself there. I can't explain it better than that. But I dream about that island so often. It's crazy. It's like I'm there in my dreams and I can't get it out of my head.
1: Yep, that and all the food.
2: (laughs) Yes, everything else. Everything else about it—the swimming.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I can. I can sort of. I understand. The only thing that I don't like, and I I agree with your sister here, are the black beaches because they're so hot. Mm. Um, And I know my dog really. um, um, Tom Rogers, we're talking about the island of Stromboli. (laughs) there's a question in in the chat um it's the Mm -hmm. island of Stromboli, and it's the black sand that really um that gets to you and and my dog (laughs) really she's a black dog on the black sand and um at at least it is a dog friendly island um you know you you can take your dog to the beach and no one says anything it's really um they're actually welcome it's one of the few Um, few places I know where where you can actually have your dog with you on the beach Um, but she she just she suffered so much anyway so so um, you have done so many different things (laughs) have you got any plans for the future and if so what are they
2: I think that what I've what I've learned over these past few years and going back to Stromboli last year actually taught me this as well is that change is inevitable and you know I when I went back to research the book and I couldn't go on the original climb with the original guide you know that upset me a bit but then I realized you know this is just life and things are always going to evolve so for me this this is going to be a year of change. I, I can definitely feel it in my bones. I think that mm-hmm. my work is going to be ever more geared towards coaching and less in the classroom. I think this mm-hmm. is just a natural evolution. Yep. And I think there's going to be more writing and more islands. I can definitely feel that. And I'm currently working on a course uh, for teaching teenagers, a teacher training course um, that I've been asked to do. And hopefully I'll be able to give more details about that in the the next few months. But I definitely think more flexibility and different use of my skills. Wow.
1: Um, Are you someone who makes New Year's resolutions?
2: Yes, I love, I'm a bit obsessed actually with goal setting. I don't know anyone else who likes it as much as me, but I am very cliche. I really like sitting down with my new diary and uh, (laughs) writing lists, never ending lists of things that I want to do and just, you know, taking that time to reflect as well on on the previous year and things that I've been able to do and things that I've achieved, I think. It's really important to check in with ourselves and.
1: And what are your what are your resolutions for this year?
2: Oh, there are so many. I think number one is going back to Stromboli, definitely <laughs> um, taking my book there and and being able to put it on the shelf there is a is a mm-hmm. really big dream, and yep. I'd also like to give something back to the island. I would like to offer. Uh, a course I would like to help the children of Stromboli and the teenagers of Stromboli because you know I think we're very we're we're, we're privileged aren't we in our job as EFL teachers that we have the skill that that we give that we share but you know up until now I've always worked with privileged students students who can afford these courses and I would like to make my teaching more available to other students as well. Yeah. So that's a yep. big plan of mine to become more actively involved in the community there. Um, and I think just, you know, better time management overall uh, <laughs> so that I can fit in all these things that I want to do, to do more coaching whilst still doing some teaching.
1: Yeah, I mean... It pandemic permitting obviously um, I'm not sure what the situation is for you it's quite interesting I I mean I always really enjoy listening to the news um, on TT radio because we we get what's happening in the UK um, the various areas of the UK as well Um, I think they're going back to masks whereas we've just kept living with masks here in in Naples I'm not sure if it's the same for you in Sicily Yes. And I wonder if we're ever going to stop using masks. (laughs) Yeah,
2: it's a a scary thought. um,
1: I I tend to agree with you, though. I have students, and I know quite a lot of them, but a lot of them I've never actually seen their face (laughs) complete. So um, it... um, I kind of wonder if it was easier online. I don't know what, if, if you have any thoughts on, on that.
2: Yeah, I often reflect on that because, you know, last year at least I got to see their their faces and see their smiles. And this year I can only see if they're smiling, if they're really smiling. And we actually mm. we've actually talked a lot about that, about making eye contact and smiling with your eyes. But. It is limiting not being able to see their faces. That's yeah. why, as I said, you know, I'm trying to just make everything as fun as possible to give them that moment of de-stress. You know, it's, it's so much on their little shoulders, isn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, they're very, very lucky to have you as their teacher, though. That you you think and care about a lot of these things. Um, you know, it's been a really interesting. Um, couple of years for teaching but I know um your 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 school school that you're teaching in was they were really quick um off the um I think that was it in four days everything mm-hmm. was online um I mean I know you have some some oh. incredible tech support there um yeah. but I've, I mean it was just unbelievable in four days you guys were
2: teaching online True. Yeah, the level, the level of efficiency. I have to say, the school I'm in, the level of efficiency is it's incredible.
1: Mm.
2: It's um, <laughs> it's really it's really impressive what you know what they've what they've done what what the owner Pat has achieved. You know, forty five years in that school, and yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah.
1: And such lovely people. Well, for those of you who are, who are listening, we're just talking about International House in Palermo. It's a, a really, really incredible um, school. So if you're planning to, to travel or become an EFL teacher, do look out for, for vacancies there because it's a pretty fantastic place to live. Um, it's close to <laughs> incredible beaches and um and the food is just extraordinary. That's the thing that I miss about the pandemic, Sophia, is not being able to travel to Sicily and eat all that food. <laughs> I'm literally
2: off but the I plane. i are waiting for you. <laughs> I'll be there soon, don't worry.
1: <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to just ask you a couple of really silly questions to finish. Um, Obviously, we've talked about your, your New Year's resolutions. Are there, were there any resolutions last year that you made that you just threw out the window um, within a couple of days?
2: <laughs> well, I've got this really annoying, embarrassing habit of having this resolution to actually do online dance tutorials but then what I do is I just sit on the sofa on Instagram just watching them. <laughs> so I'll just sit and watch and say okay next time I'll actually stand up and do it like I am honestly I am a terrible student. So I spent a year watching online shuffle tutorials and about <laughs> 10 minutes doing them and it was So just you're not shuffling. People. I mean, I did it for a very limited period and then stopped. And then I also bought roller skates at the flea market, which are beautiful. <laughs> and I went out twice and a little boy <laughs> came over and he, um, I, I was a bit scared and he told me to stop being a baby and I got really <laughs> embarrassed and then stopped. So yeah, they are now back in the cupboard and I haven't um, skated since. So <laughs> anyone Thank you. listening if you're a, if you're a student don't take my lead because i'm not the best student so yes that's that's my hobby disaster of last year
1: or maybe um maybe don't be put off by um young kids don't worry about what they say yeah <laughs> i mean i i've had a um i'm kind of w- working on this with my my little son he was um you know here in naples they're quite um they like to throw um, fireworks and they usually start a few days before New Year's Eve and continue for the next couple of days. And he was chased by a group of bigger boys and they threw um, those little fireworks at him. Um, He was absolutely terrified. Um, Fortunately, someone in the street, you know, sent them on their way. Uh, But now he's kind of got to that point where he, he, when he has to come back and it's dark, I have to go and meet him at the funicular and things like that. Um, So we're trying to work out a way to get him to get over this and realise that they're not going to be throwing fireworks at him again. (laughs) Um,
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that's totally off the the conversation. Um, Sophia, if you could have a superpower, what would it be?
2: I think it would be, well, apart from travel to Stromboli whenever I want to, because it's not that easy to get there in the winter, <laughs> that would be one thing. Um, I think maybe just knowing, you know, knowing what teen which teenager needs my help the most and being able to help them.
1: So like a, a, a thing detector. About,
2: mm. Yeah, the thing about coaching is that, you know, the person has to come to you. You can't mm. just go to them. And, you know, some teenagers want to be helped and some teenagers don't know how to reach out and ask for it. So mm. if there was a way that I could know. I just want to help as many people as possible. I think if I could do that, I would be be happy.
1: That's, um, that sounds really, really
2: cool. <laughs> um, what is your favourite word? Oh, that's difficult. cool. Um, Well, I think, you know, like what I was saying before, empowered. Empowered is on my mind a lot. I think that's that's a big word. It gets thrown about quite a lot. But I think the true meaning of that is it's a good word. You know, really feeling that in yourself that you are powerful because we are
1: definitely um there are a few comments in in the chat which i just wanted to um when you were talking about your your sofa dancing (laughs) um tom rogers said that this is my kind of exercise and seema seems to think seema mentioned that she does a similar thing to you (laughs)
2: good i feel better now by myself thank you
1: not dancing, but you know, fitness related exercises. Yeah. yeah. I think I mean the only thing that I've actually managed to do, and that was we have a common friend, Alan Weir, I hope he's listening. Um, he recommended um a ten minute yoga, which is the only thing I can actually do. <laughs> it's ten minutes.
2: That's and great. That's and great. it's
1: just yeah, it was um it was actually thanks to him. Um and it's On YouTube so it's low cost and um, that's enough for me I think. Harry Waters was mentioning the uh, he must be talking about the fireworks because it's the same here in Spain drives me and the dog mad yeah I put my dogs in in a room with some soft music and just leave them there because if not they do they just go berserk it's not fair they tried did you hear that they tried to ban the fireworks here
2: (laughs) I cannot imagine that ever happening in Naples, but there was a,
1: there exactly. was an official there was official an official ban from four on the thirty first until midnight on the first, <laughs> and nobody listened to it. It was just it was almost as if they wanted they wanted to to um, you know throw more fireworks. Um, it was a really really uh, incredible. <laughs>
2: yeah it does seem to be their favorite hobby in naples yeah remember.
1: unfortunately yeah, yeah. A complete waste and and um and the air quality obviously afterwards is just horrible yeah, I yeah. Think that... anyway um okay so if you could switch lives with someone for a day who would you choose oh
2: that's a good question um Well, there's a teacher um, who sadly passed away last year, but, you know, alive or dead, uh, Rita Pearson, who has an amazing TED Talk. And she was a real powerhouse. And her talk was called Every Kid Deserves a Champion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's got that real black attitude going on. And I think if I could just be her for one day and walk into the class with her positive attitude, and I think that would be really fun. Or Whoopi Goldberg and Sister Act 2, I love her. <laughs> love to be her for a day.
1: You also have um. You also have a, a favorite film. You want to tell us about your the film that 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 motivates you. What is it? <laughs>
2: Well, that's one. Sister Act 2 is yep. very, I find very motivational. That's all about a teacher who goes into a problem class and turns it around. I, I I, love that film. I love her in that film. And, you know, that film didn't get much praise because everyone liked the first Sister Act. But I love that. And also Rocky. If Alan is listening to this, he'll be laughing because <laughs> my friends used to always make fun of me that I had, like, two favourite films and watched them all on repeat. But I really love uh, the story of Rocky, and if I'm feeling down, I, I definitely watch that to get motivated.
1: Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. Um, just to finish, um, if... Um, just thinking about you because i mean you are you are unique you're special you're you're um you you really really take care of your of your students um what is it that's in you that has helped you to become the teacher that you are now what is that trait
2: i think it's remembering what it's like to be a team i think that when I was a teenager, I had very good teachers. I was lucky. But I didn't really have a mentor. And I, there were things that I needed to talk about and I didn't. And I want to give the teenagers what I didn't have. And I think it's just about remembering. I think teachers forget what it's like to be that age. And they see a moody teenager, but they forget all the other things that go on at that time in your life. You know, hormones and you like someone and they don't like you and that's really sad and that can affect your day for example and yeah yeah I think I'm just I'm just a, forever a teenager inside really I think maybe it's a bit of a Peter Pan syndrome that I'm not going to ever grow up
1: <laughs> well I hope not because then um you maybe you, you um <laughs> you need to keep having that connection I find it interesting how how teens choose to talk to people for example I have my son who won't tell me anything um but his friends will come around and they'll tell me about you know their their girlfriends and or girlfriend girlfriend problems because none of them really have girlfriends (laughs) um it's interesting having someone to kind of talk to is is extremely important yeah okay um Thank you Sophia It has just been wonderful talking to you um, if you guys if um, Sophia um, she is on Instagram it's fierce life coaching um, and there you can you can see the work she's doing with teens um, coaching work there are some fantastic um, Instagram lives where you are actually talking to teens and um, they're amazing <laughs> So well, well worth following Sophia Leone. And um, if you want to know more about Stromboli, there is obviously Stromboli, a heartfelt guide. Thank you so much for coming today. And thank you for sharing your journey, um, your passion and the brilliant work that you are doing. It's always lovely to talk to you and see you. And um, I hope to... Either get to Sicily or see you in Naples or elsewhere. Um, that's that's something we didn't really talk about. Is you're really into public speaking, aren't you? Um, so we can probably do that in in a follow up
2: chat. Yep. Thank okay. you, Jane, and thank, thank you for being a large part of the journey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's wonderful, wonderful to 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 be part of it. Say. Okay, so next week. Um, I'll be talking to Alexandra Popovsky, who is the Vice President of IATAFL. Um, She has had an amazing journey from refugee to Vice President of IATAFL and some incredible teaching along the way. So, thank you everybody. Um, Happy New Year. Um, Enjoy the rest of your week. Harry, I'll be listening to you later on this afternoon. And um, everybody, um, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening in.
0: You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.